I V M. Hello and welcome to the Habit Coach Podcast. I am Ashton Doctor, your Habit Coach, and today we're going to be talking about detoxing, but a more intensive way of detoxing. If you haven't heard the first podcast we did on detoxing, please go listen to that because that is the more natural ways of detoxing, the more easier ways of detoxing. Because detoxing today is something that is taking so much importance. So there's so much talk about it. And I wanted to understand what detoxing really was like from an Ayurvedic perspective. Recently, I had gone to Dr. Vignesh Devraj's uh, retreat in Kerala. And where we spoke about Panchkarma and I tried the various, uh, you know, the, the techniques that they are using. And I found it all so fascinating. So I had to have Dr. Vignesh on the podcast to discuss this because Panchkarma is such a uh, widely used word, but we don't necessarily understand what it is and how it should be correctly done. Mm-hmm. So Dr. Vignesh, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much, Ashtin. As always, it's a pleasure to have this discussion with you. You know, Dr. Vignesh, Panch Karma, you gave us a little booklet when we came to the retreat and I finished the entire booklet in the first day because I was so interested in the way that it was written and, uh, you know, how you were explaining things. What is Panch Karma? Now, before I explain what is Panch Karma, I would also like to put some prerequisites. Panch Karma is the most widely abused, misused word in Ayurveda. Like the word Panch Karma, five karmas, but people call even Shirodara as Panchakarma, oil massage as Panchakarma, or anything to do with Ayurveda, they call it Panchakarma. So it's just not that. That is not true. And Panchakarma is a very serious medical-oriented approach that has to be done under a proper supervision of a qualified Ayurvedic doctor. That's the first thing that you need to understand. Now, other thing, like we said in the previous discussion, we talked about the germ theory, right? Like when your body is having a lot of toxins, you give a great heaven for the germs to survive in your body. And when your body is filled with toxins, you are allowing the germs to stay and you are feeding them so well. But that does not mean germ is a problem for some of the things that you are having. It is actually the waste that are allowing the germs to stay in your body. So Ayurveda says, if you are able to eliminate and do a proper elimination of these waste that are piled up in your life because of your lifestyle, because of your eating habits, because of your stress levels, then what happens? It is just like servicing your car. Every time you service your car, then you take the car for the drive. You feel, wow, I feel like I'm, it's like I'm driving a new car. So this panchakarma is a way of, it's okay, calling panchakarma a detoxing therapy is a very superficial term. But even though detoxing is a part of panchakarma, but it's much more than that. It is actually transforming your cellular memory. It is cleansing your cellular level and it is enhancing your metabolism. And it is like transforming you to a completely new person. This is what Panchakarma actually does. And there are five procedures. Like we said, Sharira, the word Sharira is for the human body. Our body is a constant waste eliminating mechanism. There are various exits where the wastes are eliminated efficiently. Like Just like when you go to a high-rise building, you see the fire exit. In case of emergency, you need to know where to exit and escape. Otherwise, you might get stuck there and die. Same way, when there are some toxins or unnecessary things that our body doesn't need, in Ayurveda, we also call it ama. We need to understand where are the nearest exit for these things to come out. So understanding the nearest exit, where these things are more produced, and an Ayurvedic physician, he prepares that patient in such a way that these toxins are brought near that 
nearest exit and B, flush it out. So like that, we have five therapies. One is Nassim, where we cleanse the nasopharyngeal fact, you know, duct. You know. Like people talk about migraine, people talk about nasal block, people talk about snoring. People say that I'm not able to sleep well. They call about allergic rhinitis. See, when we were four-legged animals, like our great-great ancestors, at that time, gravity helped to cleanse our nasopharyngeal duct because the gravity helped to pull out all the unwanted stuff. But once we started standing up, the geometry shifted. You know, there is a space for the body to hold on to unhealthy stuff and, and uh, toxins, and which can enter your stream. That is why today, some of the tests for some microbes, they do it on the nasal swab, right? Because that's where it can get stuck. So, cleansing of the nasopharyngeal duct is so important in Ayurveda for a healthy life. Just like we say, we need to wash our hands because that is where many, uh, many things can enter our system. Same way, cleansing of the nasopharyngeal duct is one of the most profound way to stop all the unwanted microbes and toxins to enter your gut. So that is why Nasim, we call it Nasim, is one of the most important first therapies of Panchakar. The second one is, you know, sometimes when, when you talk to persons who are suffering from migraine, they say that whenever I get this migraine attack, I have this nausea and if I vomit, I feel better. And same way, if you see some dogs, when they are not keeping well, what do they do? They go and eat the grass. And after they eat the grass, they puke it out and they feel their energy is back. Sometimes, you know, when people are high on alcohol, oh, I'm feeling so sick, but after they vomit it out, they feel so relieved. And they say that, okay, because I emptied it last night, I don't have hangover compared to others who didn't. So, uh, vomiting is a way the body is eliminating stuff. So what we are doing, if somebody is having too much of mucus in their respiratory tract, history of asthma, uh, you know, some bronchitis, and they keep to produce a lot of mucus. Some people call it, oh, he's a mucus factory. They produce a lot of mucus. Or if they are chronic smokers, they tend to create a lot of mucus. Or it can also be a genetic predisposition. And in cases of allergic rhinitis and hay fever and urticaria, all these situations, they tend to create a lot of mucus in their system. And one of the best ways to eliminate mucus from the upper part of your body is through vomiting. But please be mindful, this is not something we do it for everyone. We need to qualify for that. And if you are strong enough, only then we can do it. So that is the second. And also people suffering from depression. This vomiting therapy is known to work magic. Okay, magic, for a lack of a better word, you know, it works fantastic in an organic way. Instead of going through antidepressant or stuff, that really helps them. See, we don't vomit just because we ate something unhealthy. Sometimes, you know, when we experience some bad things or when we see something that is not good, our body vomits. Because vomiting is a way the body is trying to get it out of my system. You know, that makes me puke. So, vomiting is a very powerful way, even though it can sound gross, it can sound, wow, how can people do that? But for an Ayurvedic doctor, the whole body is a sacred thing of nature. Vomiting is as good as taking a shower or facing your hands, I mean, washing your hands or washing your face. So that's the second th therapy. The third one is, you know, we... In fact, it's so true what you said, because vomiting is just like the way that we face fear. Exactly. You know, like so, so many friends of mine who used to vomit before their exam. Exactly. <laughs> you know, I feel nauseous before my exactly, exam. Exactly. Why? Because that's your body trying to hold on to that, uh, uh, th that fear and release exactly. it. Exactly. And I've seen, uh, I've seen so, so many people, if they are coming out of a stressful job or even in a toxic relationship, or it could be they were surrounded with a lot of unhealthy stuff. 
And once they come and do the panchakarma and after they do the vomiting therapy and they feel like, I feel I can breathe finally. This can sound gross for someone who has not done it, but I see how people change and they are like, you did something which money cannot pay. That's the kind of healing and it is very natural. We are just following, it's not rocket science. We are just following the body's natural way of getting it out. So that is the power of uh, Vamana. We call it Vamana. We can also translate it as therapeutic vomiting therapy. I never thought about Vamana from an emotional standpoint. Oh yeah, is, it has a... the first time I think See, it, yeah. uh, many of the unhealthy lifestyle that we are getting it into is because of our inability to handle emotions in a healthy way. So many binge eating has a lot to do with unhealthy emotions. Uh, over drinking has a lot to do with unhealthy emotions. And stress is also, we are not able to handle it in a nice way. And then that can lead to very unhealthy lifestyle, sleep uh, disorders. So this is a way of not just releasing toxins from your body, but it's also we are cleansing your mind and soul. Like if you go to Native Americans or South America, they have this procedure called ayahuasca. It's also a kind of cleansing. So that is why in Ayurveda, Vamana is considered one of the most powerful therapy to cleanse your upper part of your body. The third one is, we do a therapy called as Virechanam, where we consume some herbal. That will go and irritate your intestine and flush out the toxins. This is fantastic for people who, are, or who always say, I am having bloating after food. I feel acidity or acid peptic uh, disorders. And people feel that after food, they feel so tired. I don't understand why. And some certain intolerance cases. In such situations, and also with skin disorders, and they say that I'm having psoriasis or even Vamana, we do it for people with psoriasis and skin uh, disorders, but this is a bit more strong. See, skin is a reflection of your quality of the blood. And the quality of the blood is a reflection of your, how healthy your gut is and what you're feeding your gut. Because that's where the blood is produced and the quality of your blood will reflect on your skin and the face. And that's why cosmetic look is so important because that says that how good their vitality is. Skin is a way to understand how good their blood is. So that is why today, because cleaning the blood will take time, but putting a makeup is quick fix. So the real cosmetic therapy you need to do is cleaning your gut. That is where the whole thing comes from. So this is a therapy where we take some medications and cleanse the gut. You know, you might spend half a day in your toilet, but that is a fantastic uh, way of cleaning your gut. And that is where the origin of blood is also there. So that is the third therapy. And the fourth one is, uh, you know, in Ayurveda, we say that large intestine stores the maximum toxins. And it's also even in modern physiology, it is uh, understood. All the waste that we, con I mean, all the food that we consume and the waste products are stored in your large intestine, especially on the rectal region. We cannot clean that part by taking some herbs, herbs or medicines through the mouth because the liver will come and stop it. So the only way you can clean the large intestine part is through the other way up, which is enema. So in Ayurveda, we call it vasti and it is also called as ardha chikilsa or we call it niruha vasti. I mean, you cannot imagine the benefit that it can give to your nervous system. Because you see, when your room is so cluttered and suddenly you just clean it completely and you declutter all the unwanted stuff, suddenly you enter and you open all the windows, you feel, wow. Now I feel I can breathe fine. Same way, the more toxins that are stuck in your intestines, you know, our body invests a lot of energy to keep on 
getting some nutrients. So any food that enters your gut, the body thinks there is still some more nutrients that I need to. It's like a, a very rude government that wants to tax everything. So the body feels anything that enters your system has some nutrients. I need to get as much nutrients as possible because it is only then I can survive. So even if it is a waste that is stuck in your large intestine, the body still thinks I can have some. Okay, even though large intestine, we absorb only the residual water element and some salt and other minerals. But still the body is investing a lot of energy. It is like we are wasting a lot of energy there. So getting it out of the system, we, we can redirect that energy for other great activities. So that is why in Ayurveda, cleansing of your large intestine is a fantastic therapy, not just for cleaning your part, it is also improves your nervous functions, it makes you think better, it eliminates brain fog, it is fantastic for autoimmune disorders. And we see a lot of big transformations, especially, you know, being an Ayurvedic doctor, we call ourselves doctors for the leftover patients. They try many mainstream medicine, nothing works, and they say, I went and did Panchakarma or met this Ayurvedic doctor and it changed my life. One of the reasons is we stick to the basic of how the body works. And this is one way to get it out of the system. And the fifth one... Doctor, before getting into that, I have one question yes. on this. But before doing that, let's take a quick break and come sure. back. Okay, we're back from our break. And um, the question I had was, why do we need to do the enema if we're already doing the purgation through the, the herbs that you're taking? Yeah. That makes us poop a lot. Yes. Why do we need to do the enema plus the pooping? Isn't the, isn't that the same thing? Okay. See, pooping. I mean, like when you say about purgation, which is to clean the small intestine to a great extent. Even though we call it small intestine, but small intestine is having a bigger length than the large intestine. Large intestine is called just because of certain other reasons. But small intestine takes the biggest part of your whole gut lining. But when we do that, we are just flushing out the unhealthy stuff from your small intestine. But to clean your large intestine, you have to go there and clean that area. See, one is, purgation is cleaning the tank. Large intestine is cleaning the pipes that are connected to the tank. So that's the difference. Okay. If you want to clean the pipes that are connected to the tank, that's a different method. Mm. Cleaning the tank will flush out the toxins from the tank and you, uh, you know, look at the source. But cleaning the pipe is also important from that. Okay. Because not just cleaning the tank is important. If the pipe that are connected to it, if it is also having a lot of bacteria, it will not help. So that's the difference between cleaning the tank and cleaning the pipe. So large vasti or enema is cleaning the pipe that eliminates that. Even if you have a lot of unhealthy stuff in the pipe, that can also create problems with your health. So that's the difference. If I answer that question. Okay, interesting. Because they so they definitely have different techniques of uh, getting things, uh, getting the elimination happening and they do different things for the body. So exactly. that, was the, that was the thing that I was worried about. Okay, uh, wondering about. All right, and you were talking about the fifth technique. Yes, fifth one, some Ayurvedic uh, acharyas at that time, like Sushruta, he came up with this therapy called bloodletting. Like someone called Shush Charaka, he said that uh, there are two types of enema, he called it as panchakarma, but Sushruta said there is one more therapy that is very good for purification, that is bloodletting. Okay, bloodletting can be done with leeches. Bloodletting can also be done even today with the modern techniques. We could use a butterfly needle also. Many Ayurvedic doctors do that. Because blood, you know, once you clean up the gut, but still there could be some toxins in your blood. So when you eliminate a little bit of blood, you are allowing the body to produce fresh blood. See, according to World Health Organization, you if you are not have suffering from anemia or low blood pressure or any associated disorders of blood, 
you can donate about 450 ml of blood every three months. So if you are not suffering from any of this stuff, after you do a cleanse, if you eliminate a little bit of blood, what is happening is you are allowing fresh blood to be produced. But this bloodletting is not just eliminating blood in general. It could also be localized. In some parts of the body, they need more healing. You know, what happens when you get hurt? What happens is the blood circulation there will improve and that will help to heal it faster because the circulation of blood is what helps to improve. So some parts, we consciously create a little bit of damage so that the body will bring in all the resources from the blood to heal it. So that is where some infections can be healed because by pricking that little part, what is happening is the more blood will come there. So more blood coming means more healing will happen. So that is one aspect of bloodletting. Is bloodletting done from different points in the body for different illnesses and different issues? Like, can you give some examples? Like, for example, Jaluka Vacharnam is one Sanskrit word we use for the leeches. Okay, some people, they have too much of edema or even in conditions of varicose seal. You know, this has been done. You know, we keep the leech in that particular area which sucks out a little bit of blood and then it heals by itself. So in different parts of the body, we do it. And uh, according to that, that will help in some cases, skin disorders. Wherever that skin lesion is very high, in that, as the, in that area, when we do it, it really helps to heal that skin lesion much faster and that skin will get better. But please, this has to be done under a proper medical supervision. Don't try to do it by yourself. Why I keep repeating it, sometimes people can be mad enough, crazy enough to do it on their own. No, and in fact, the point is that don't do any of these panchkarma therapies at home. Yes, unless... Do them with a professional. Because exactly. Proper medical medical yeah. supervision. I'll give you an example on why I'm saying this. Because uh, when I'd come to a retreat, I was in my mind saying, yes, I'm going to do all the panchkarma things. Finally, so I've taken seven days out to do it. And you said that you don't need all of these because mm-hmm. you don't have necessarily the toxins that each of these things that will take out. Exactly. Right? And I remember you saying that not everybody needs to do this panch karma. Mm-hmm. You have to be selective on which kind of uh, treatment you do. Exactly. For which kind of uh, illness you have. Exactly. See, we don't do all the five procedures in a person in one state. I mean, uh, depending on what your lifestyle, what your pr- problem at that point of time, according to that, we do this treatment. For example, if somebody is suffering from skin disorders, then we take a different, uh, maybe we just do the virechana or maybe just bloodletting is also uh, associated with that. If somebody is suffering from PCOS or fertility issues and if they are having metabolic problems, then we might uh, do maybe two or three procedures of cleansing. And these cleansing procedures are not just done on the day one you come. We have to prepare the body to do it. And after the cleansing, we also have to help the body to recover for the you know, uh, post-checkout days, once you get back to your life. So preparation is so important. Once the preparation is proper, this elimination is an effortless manner. So that is why in the first few days, we never did any panchakam. It was all about getting back to your routine. We did a lot of massage. We did a lot of relaxing therapies. We activated your lymphatic system. We made sure the food is less. And then one day we just cleansed it. And then after that, we have to again put you back because the cleansing is a, is a kind of stressful process because the body is eliminating a lot of things. So after that also, you need to help the body to recover, rejuvenate, and then we give you some uh, healthy rasayana so that your body recovers and gets back to its uh, healthy state. What are some of the things that you've seen that have happened with people that have come and done the panch karma? Like what are some of the crazy stories that you remember? One that today I see is a lot of people with polycystic ovarian syndrome, they come. 
especially uh, women who are about to get married and they say this this is having a lot of difficulty for them so after panchakarma they say that their weight is getting regulated their metabolism is much better their sleep is proper and uh, people suffering with high blood pressure they say the blood pressure is much normalized and they are able to slowly come out of their um, beta blockers but i don't tell them to stop it they have to go to their allopathic doctor and they check it and they say that now your blood pressure is normal it is helped to come out and then we have seen people suffering with arthritis panchakarma works really great in them and people suffering with psoriasis conditions where the skin in many autoimmune disorders we see panchakarma really helps them because it is not just cleansing the system on one hand if you remember as then you said that the first few days you were saying that oh i never felt so relaxed see disease is a combination of one is unhealthy stuff getting into your system and the other is your over stimulated nervous system whenever nervous system gets hyperactive what we are telling to our bodies we are not in a safe environment so on one hand we have to calm down your nervous system that happens with bringing routine and certain treatments and on the other hand when you eliminate the toxins then what happens is your body becomes healthier it is able to deal with the problems in a much efficient manner so we see people with toxicity mercurial toxicity when people eat a lot of fish they have mercury toxicity some people have arsenic toxicity especially if they eat a lot of seafood and because of that they feel tired all the time if you do a blood test to some extent you can understand if you are suffering from mercurial toxicity or arsenic toxicity or heavy metal toxicity for that you don't have a proper treatment in mainstream medicine and what we do is when we help them go through this it really uh, you know the toxicity is gone their blood picture looks normal you see the blood blood uh, result before panchakarma and after panchakarma you see a significant difference another thing that i see is when people are having heart problems like not that they had a heart attack or something if they if they lipid profile high levels of cholesterol or crp you know carbohydrate reactive protein when this goes high it is like they are having issues with they could be a walking heart attack any time and after the panchakarma after we do a proper treatment we could see that the whole lipid profile gets regulated the crp level i have seen any high sensitivity c reactive protein if it is anything above 3 is a danger for heart problem in potential risk for heart problems and i have seen people with above 10 uh with high sensitivity c reactive protein and after the panchakarma it came less than 1 so I, i mean i'm not saying everyone we were able to do do this but there are some people where we are not able to achieve it because their contribution was also not health you know not compatible because this is not like a surgery you give anesthesia and you did you need that person's complete mind soul and body consent to do this treatment so when all of this come together that's when healing happens yeah because if the person is not in a state of relaxing mm mm-hmm. none of these therapies will, will actually exactly. heal you exactly right the relaxation is the part that actually does the healing exactly the panchakarma is the the stimulus that you have to add exactly and that is and why people with anxiety disorders we avoid panchakarma because panchakarma is not an easy trip you need to have a good will power to undergo this treatment the people who are having such problem if they are suffering with the disease because of anxiety we focus on other relaxing therapies and the the one that we were talked in the previous episode those non stressful detoxing therapies that's how they recover from this it's almost and this is the beauty of understanding ayurveda when you explain it to us because you know mm-hmm. normally ayurveda is not seen as a you know like how you would give a prescription like a doctor mm-hmm, right mm-hmm, but it's actually mm-hmm. a prescription and and these aspects are so, so 
they're like medicines. They're almost like surgical procedures, but not. Mm-hmm. Do this exactly. for this. Do this for this. Do this for this. Lovely. Doctor, is there anything else about Panchkarma that you want to talk about that we did not touch upon? See, uh, this is not for everyone. And this is for people suffering with diseases of overconsumption. Not for people suffering with diseases of malnourishment. But today what is happening is, you know, Ashdin, you always speak in your uh, lectures, you talk about the problem called we are overfed, undernourished. And that aspect, Panchakarma really helps them to regulate their metabolism. And if people can do this once a year or, you know, once in six or ten months. See, I do this twice a year, but not all the five procedures. I just do it like two, three procedures every ten months. I see a huge difference. See, today we live in a lifestyle where we live in an over-consuming attitude. Everything is consumed. How can I consume more? That is how the life is. So in such a situation, Panchakarma is one of the best things that you can do to enhance your longevity, to improve your blood pressure. And it's also a anti-aging therapy and some people even call it it's one of the best aphrodisiac therapies also because it is doing a blood thinning activity. Blood thinning is the most important and, and exactly. I love the way that aphrodisiac suddenly pops up as wow I had no idea that I could again. From, <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah because all you did was you you improved the way that your blood flowed. Exactly. And that is half the battle won right there. Exactly. Doctor share with our listeners your first Panchkarma experience. See I was suffering with allergies because I was born to a family where my father is also an Ayurvedic doctor. We have, Now we are reaching our 100th year of legacy. But I was forced to get into Ayurveda because I didn't find it interesting. The, the medicines were not tasting so good. But there were some medicines that tasted good like Chavan Pras and other things. But the when you fall sick, the medicines they give you didn't taste good. I was thinking, why would people do but then you grow up and then the school finished and then you have to do something. My father said, okay, you, you have to take over this. So you, they put me into Ayurveda. Then you studied Ayurveda. Many things were so boring. But then I have to find ways how to make sense of it. That is why some people say you teach better. It's not because I'm a great teacher. Because I struggled in school by reading all the un, you know, unscientific manner of teaching. So I have to make it more interesting. See, one of the beauty of teaching is only it makes sense if it has entertainment in it. And learning is an entertainment. So that's one aspect. And then I fell sick because of my unhealthy lifestyle. And the irony was I was an Ayurvedic doctor and suffering from some of the diseases which Ayurveda can treat. But I was not willing to take it. So once I started practicing and the patients were coming and I was suffering with the same disease. On the other hand, so my father said, it's time that you do Panchakarma on yourself. And I had to do the Panchakarma. And after doing that Panchakarma, I felt, well, finally I am breathing. I'm Because I was suffering with this allergies. Because I used to love sugar. I ate a lot of sugar with milk products. And that clogged up all my channels of no- normal breathing. Then after Panchakarma, I felt this is what the world needs. Because I see many people suffering with that, but they didn't know how to do it. And then while I was doing this Panchakarma, I realized we need nature. Because doing it in a four wall, it's actually a lot of stress. But when you connect with nature, when you disconnect with the outside world, that is when relaxation happens. And when you're relaxed mode, this Panchakarma becomes an effortless procedure. So that was my story behind starting this uh, retreat called Sitaram Beach Retreat, which you came. And how, we, how I started my journey on healing through Ayurveda and helping people to become their healthiest self. It's a little slice of heaven right there that you have there. Huh? <laughs> One of my favorite memories is uh, not a Panchakarma part. Mm-hmm. But sitting and having breakfast and I was looking out at the sea. So the dining table looked out at, to the sea and you could see these dolphins jumping around in the water there. And I was like, wow, this is just perfect. 
So <laughs> I, it's still stuck in my head. I told everybody that I met about this uh, particular experience. What a beautiful place you have. Doctor, thank you so much for sharing your experience with Panchakarma and what Panchakarma is all about. How can people read more about this? How can people follow what you're doing, understand your teachings? Where, where can people, where should people head to? The best is they can go to our website, sitaramretreat.com and also my personal website, vigneshdevraj.com and I also have a podcast which you are a guest, Ayurvedic Healing and Beyond. It's there in Spotify, iTunes and other podcast mediums. And that's the best way to connect. <laughs> please, please, please go do listen to the podcast. Absolutely fantastic stuff. So start these and, habits um, and share you know, like with I us said, your the progress podcast, using the hashtag so The Habit Healing Modalities. If you, you like this podcast, podcast don't Absolutely forget to check out other interesting Thank you so podcasts much, Doctor, on the for IVM sharing network. And spending time with you me. can listen you to so us much, on the IVM podcast app or ivmpodcast.com. You can also follow us on social media. We are at IVM Podcasts on Twitter and Instagram. If you want to reach out to me, I am Ashtin Doc on Twitter and Instagram. You can find lots more information on my website, awesome180.com or check out different content on my YouTube channel called A-W-E-S-O-M-E 180. That's Awesome 180.